Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook and YouTube and later on our podcast platform. Please remember to like and subscribe and please leave a review if you can. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined by football publishing editor Stuart Jameson. It's been a busy week, Stu, both for Newcastle United and, of course, England. Before we get on to Newcastle United, let's just briefly talk about the Euros. And everyone's probably sick of uh, re- replaying what happened on uh, Sunday evening, losing to Italy via penalties. It was heartbreaking. I know, I mean, you want too much of watching England outside of the major tournaments, but... Um, don't know about you. I was I was devastated to see them lose. It was because they'd, I think they'd done so well and and they'd done everything right throughout the tournament. I thought um, the way Southgate approached it, the way that the squads conducted themselves, um, that they deserved to go one better. And especially because I was saying, doesn't it, the, the way they lost uh, penalties at the end, and, and and to see the you know Saka's reaction at the very end, you, you can't help but feel for them really. Um, obviously, these lads are going to go on to have huge careers, especially Saka. Everyone's made the point he's only nineteen. Um, he's got a huge future ahead of him, hasn't he? So, you know, they've got, they've got plenty of chances to bounce back and with the World Cup just 18 months away, they, they can hopefully use some of that momentum to to go into that. It's it's not have to have a whole new squad, new players. that They can pretty much keep their, their squad together for the, you know, the next next few Um And it goes without saying, obviously, some of the reaction after the game was, was absolutely disgraceful, you know. After what we've we've seen over the last eighteen months, lockdown, the pandemic, England gave us hope. They gave us a bit of joy, elation, yeah. every emotion that went with it. And to to read some of the comments directed at you know at, at the black players for missing the penalties was it's unacceptable. You know, there's no room for racism in society, let alone football. What is meant to be the beautiful game? If we'd won, we would have won together just as we did, uh, just as we lost together. So absolutely disgraceful. And and it's good to see, you know. The majority of people coming together and condemning it and and sticking up for for what's right and yeah it's got no place in football and you're not a football fan if you've responded in the manner that some people have absolutely disgraceful um, well, that's right but as you say it's not it's not just football is it society as a whole i think whilst you, you can't brush under the cop and ignore it i think we're also it, it's been quite heartwarming to see the, the level of response to it really um across the board, which is which is a positive, I guess, to, to come out of something which is, as, as you say, just completely unacceptable. Yeah, well, certainly. Got on to Newcastle United in the last hour or so. Oliver Dowden, who's the Secretary of State for the Department for uh, Culture, Media and Sport, has, has answered a question on the Newcastle United takeover. He asked people to send in questions last week and he promised he would ask answer uh, some questions um, that he got, he said he would do it this week, and he has done. He put a little video out, so I'm going to play the video. He was asked if the government would intervene, um, in terms of the, the Saudi attempted takeover of Newcastle United and, of course, the arbitration that the club has launched against the Premier League. So, this is what he had to say. Number two here 50,000 Georgies have invested in their football club for decades, and any FC takeover would help the club on the pitch and transform the city of Newcastle and North East. Uh, can the government please intervene? Well, first of all, I know how uh, 
deeply rooted uh, that club is and clubs up and down the, the country are. That's why I was so firm about resisting the proposals for the European Super League. I know how important clubs are to their communities. That's why I launched the fan-led review and I'm happy to say that is uh, ongoing and uh, Tracy Crouch has been meeting with, with lots of fans and there's lots of engagements with fan-led bodies going on uh, right now and fans themselves. In relation to the, the specific case here, of course, um, that is for the Premier League to go through their processes. I want them to do that as quickly as possible and in tran as transparent a way as possible. I think that's that's the right way to address it. So obviously, I mean, the last line there is key. It's what we all want. We all want to see this arbitration played out in the public to make sure the answers are there for everybody to see. And then we've all been fighting for the whole transparency argument we've you know we've been on to as as the chronicle I myself i've been on to the premier league looking for answers i've been on to the government looking for answers and the line's been quite consistent so it was interesting to see mr dowden say that at the end but i've seen people on twitter say yeah it's all good saying that but there isn't really any promise of pressure he's saying what he would like to see but it's it's what comes next in terms of action from the premier league and sadly from my point of view i can't see them getting involved they've maintained that it's not their business to get involved um we saw the the, the you know the emails that we uh, exclusively got hold of back in april that they had been in touch they've been in contact but they maintain it was more of an advisory thing they were being kept up to date and um here we are all these months later and i just can't see them actually taking action um i don't know about you Stu, but i think this is one that, you know, I, I just can't see where the transparency is going to come from. It's wrong. It's an insult to fans, but I just can't see it happening. No, as you say, the, the government aren't going to change their stance now. Um, you could argue if, if they start intervening on things like this and where, where do they draw the line? Um, I think most fans would probably agree with the message and that, you know, things need to happen in the coming weeks. And it needs to be very clear. The Premier League needs to, to make their decision. Um and I think everyone said from day one, if they make a decision, say why they made that decision, explain the, the reasons and stick to it. Well, that's that's just the way things are. I think the, the frustration at the minute, and not just at the minute for the last 18 months, is that there has been no clarity on that. They've, they've not made a decision. You know, obviously, ultimately, the, the consortium pulled out of the deal. Uh, whilst we know they're still interested in, in going ahead, that, that is what happened last summer. So the Premier League have never been forced into making a decision yet. They've never... So therefore, they've never had to explain any of the thinking that they've been having, any discussions they've been having. Clearly, some of it is private matter. That's that's fine. But if they're going to make a decision, say yes or no, then what they have to explain why that decision is because it has such a big impact on on the club, the fan base, and the city as a whole. As as you know, Amanda Savely has said in interviews recently, and and at the time, the the investment they want to make in the in the city in the northeast, it does have an impact. Now that doesn't mean it should just just be passed through. It's got to go through the proper process. But what is that process? And and if it's if it's failed any element along the way, then then say it has. It's, that's fine. You know, it, it mightn't be that we don't like it, but if, if it's failed a, a you know a particular test, then they have to come out and say that and explain why. And if it's there in black and white, then, then people got to like or lump it. But at least at least there's a reason. At the minute, there is there is no reason why nothing has happened or nothing that anyone's put on record. At least anyhow. Yeah, I think that's what I'm just want want clarity don't we on on, on what happened yeah. and, and the reasons behind it and i think though maybe is it a bit bigger than newcastle united in, in many ways it's about the premier league as an organization and that you know in many ways they can do as they please they don't have to speak they don't have to give the answers they're not bound by law or anything like that despite man of statements last 
we despite the club statement, despite our mm. efforts, other media organisations to say, you know, fans deserve answers. Is it a case that really massive change has to come, uh, you know, at some point in which the Premier League are held accountable by a body above them where they may be regulated? I mean, in my opinion, I think, and that is just my opinion, but I think that is something that has to happen. And I guess you could argue that why doesn't it start now? Why at some point there has to be a stepping stone to that? So why doesn't it start with Newcastle United, with this this takeover saga and with the government saying, actually, you know what, we are going to regulate you. You do have to answer to somebody. I mean, it, it could be that this is this is the catalyst for that process to start, I guess. Um, I, I suppose the Premier League, would, would, you'd imagine, be quite against that. To look at other industries and think, well, what is, is there regulation there? Why, why should they be subject to different rules? Um, but it's a, it's a huge, you know, billion pound business, isn't it, the, the, the Premier League? And, and you know, you could say they've, they've done a, a brilliant job in raising the, the profile of the league going back over the last 25, 30 years now um, from where it is. that they've, they've effectively done that very well. But yes, is it too big? Is it too big a thing to, that that they need some sort of regulation? It, it, this could be the thing which uh, which causes that brings that discussion to the, the forefront, I guess. Yeah, I want to keep an eye on. We'll bring you all the updates on ChronicleLive.co.uk. We're going to now talk about the new kits made by Castor. Um, you can see there Jamal Lascelles on the screen modelling it. And many people pointing out the, the 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 number four above the sponsor and in between the Castor logo and Newcastle. And once you see it, you can't really get rid of it from your eyesight. But do you know what? It looks canny. It looks all right. I'm, 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 it's better than what we've had recently, in my opinion. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the, the stripes and the, the kind of the, the wideness of them. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing the, the training kit looks good. We've seen Steve Bruce in his... His waterproofs with the orange and cast United badge. I think that looks quite decent. The, the players are said to be quite impressed with the quality and the the style of it. What are you thinking of it, Stu? I quite like it, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it looks better on Jamal Lascelles there than it ever look on me, in all honesty. But um, I think it looks quite good. I, I, I agree. I think the training kit looks really good. Um, I like that. Um, I, I was wondering whether the the orange on on Bruce's uh, gear was some sort of hint of the away strip or not. But uh, I guess we'll we'll see in the coming weeks what, what that's going to be. Um, I know they've, they've had orange recently, haven't they? Which was which was quite a nice kit. Um, so I was, I was just wondering where where that was going. But I quite like it. I mean, as, as I think they always the kits. If you have a successful season, you always look back at the, the kits with more fondness than you do for the ones where where things don't go well, don't you? So as soon as we start seeing pictures of Callum Wilson celebrating in that kit, I think everyone soon starts to like it. But I, I, you know, it looks it looks good to me. It's, it's I, I think what I, a lot of people have said Castle are going to be really invested in Newcastle. Um, they really want to, to to use Newcastle to push their brand, um, so I think that can that can ultimately only be a good thing for the club and the fans. Um, you know, with the, the club store, I think there's some interesting changes going to happen. Yeah, so the, it's said that Newcastle's kind of their their crystal within their portfolio of Premier League sides. Obviously, we've got Wolves partnering with Andy Murray, who's a who's an investor as well in in, in the company, yeah. and they've got McLaren. Really good interview, I thought. I thought um, one of the corners, uh, I think it was Thomas, spoke with Mark Douglas um, last week and I thought he came across really well. He's clearly ambitious and he wants to see the club do well, which in turn will help, obviously, the sales of the shirts and what have you. But bringing jobs to the city as well is another really good way to win favour, especially in this tough economic climate with the COVID and the pandemic and stuff. So that's great to see. Um, well, they've grown that brand from, from very little in, in what yeah. is a very competitive industry, I guess. And they managed to 
to create a niche for themselves and, and seem to be building it. So that's it sort of shows you where what what business they're running there. So it should be interesting. Yeah, more sunny. A little, I like the the, the granddad collar, collar as well. A little nod to the, the 95, 96 shirt. A lot of people saying maybe it would look better in black. I guess, yeah, you're always going to get those debates. But it looks quite good. It'll be interesting to get your, the hands on on it and just see what it's like. Um, I know the, the, the price of it has caused a few um, interesting uh, debates. Yeah. But I think across the board, again, I, I tweeted this out the other day, I think, I think the Premier League needs to step in. And, and as they have done with tickets previously, they need to try and bring the cost down a shirt because I think I've won 65 quid. And if you're buying one for yourself and your two kids, you know, it's through the roof, isn't it? It's, um, it's quite expensive, but that's unfortunately the way the beautiful game has gone. But it'd be, it'd be good to see something happen where kits are a bit more affordable for people. Especially um, when the 10-year-old spells to mark catch-up down it and the first day he's got it. Oh, is that a personal experience, Jim? No, but it, it will be at some stage. Everyone <laughs> who's got kids will say that. Um, on to transfers then. And we know Newcastle are yet to make a move. And, and and to be fair, you know, only a few teams have done so. I think everyone's expecting in the, in the next week or so for things to ramp up. You know, obviously the Euros have finished now. Players will be going away. They'll be obviously having a little bit of break before coming back. Um, we'll start with Willick. He wasn't in uh, Arsenal's squad yesterday for their... Mm. A game to Burnley and they lost 2-1 a lot of people expected him to play Mikel Arteta was asked afterwards about it, he said um, that Willick was missing through injury, that he trained really well, he had a little groin issue um, and then he did go on to say that he was part of his plans um, and as, for as long as he is here, we'll look to get the most out of him and it was that little bit which I think gave Newcastle United fans a little bit of hope that you know, Mikel Arteta's maybe saying the right things to try and up the price. He doesn't want to seem too keen to get him. We know Willick's open to a move back. We know Steve Bruce is keen to have him back. Of course, he has eight goals in 14 games. He was pivotal to Newcastle surviving. Why wouldn't you want him back? Um, what did you make of Arteta's comments yesterday? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, wasn't it? I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Too. He doesn't want to say too much either way, really. Um he could have been a bit more concrete if he, if he if he was a big part of his plans going forward. I think he could have been a bit more concrete with that. Um, it certainly left the door more than a jar for for Newcastle or any club for that matter to to sort of pursue their interest. I mean, he, he wasn't he wasn't shutting it down, was he? Um, I think it's interesting the players Arsenal have been linked with as well. Obviously, they've, they've been linked with central defenders, but they've been linked with a lot of midfielders. Now, you know, we know how things work in the transfer window. Agents are keen to you know get their players' names out and about there, but there are when you see several midfielders linked, it's because the the, the club want that sort of player, um, which does suggest that maybe he's he's not really in his first team plans. He might be it's certainly going to be in his first team squad plans, but if he if he gets certain players in through the door, then then Willock might be the type of player who he thinks well certainly for another loan deal. If I was Arsenal, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be selling him unless unless someone came in with a really really big offer because uh, I think he's he's still young. He's got a huge future ahead of him. I don't, they don't need to cash unless they're, they're desperate need to cash in, which I don't think is the case at Arsenal. Um, but you know, another loan deal could work out for, for both parties, I guess. Um, there's certainly less pressure on Willock then if he comes on a loan, um, or if he came with a big price tag. I, I would have no qualms about that. I don't think he'd, he'd handle it perfectly well, but there is that added pressure as we've seen before. Um, so I think if he came with a, another loan deal, that that could work surely tick the box for everybody, couldn't it? Yeah, no, most certainly. I think I think the important thing is to get an answer sooner rather than later. So, what the season's about a month away now. Um, obviously, the preseason kicks off this weekend in terms of the games. York, Harrogate on 
on Sunday, isn't it? And I think they need an answer one way or the other because if you get to the last couple of weeks of the transfer window and you still haven't got him in and you still haven't got someone in of his quality, someone who can add the goals, then you are looking at quite an, an, a, a task that not many people will want to do. You know, I don't think Lee Charney would be sitting there in the last two weeks thinking, OK, now we've got a place and that's a task I'm looking forward to doing because, you know, he was immense last last year. Without him, Newcastle probably would, would have been into the championship or it would have been a lot closer than it, it was in the end. And I think they've just got to get an answer as soon as possible and then look to move on if they can't get him because, to, like I said, to wait until the end of the window would be a huge gamble, in my opinion. That, that, well, that's the thing. If, if they're left hanging, the, the, you know, at least if he was to come in, in, in late August, that, then that's a box ticked. But, it, but if it, it's just that, that jeopardy, if, you, if you're left hanging and then things doesn't, don't happen, then you're left with, with not very much time to replace it. So that almost Newcastle have to put a, a deadline onto Arsenal for a decision. We heard Solskjaer yesterday, Man United, talking about their, their youngsters, their, their, the proper youth team players, and it's, it's not going to be at August until he decides on their futures who's going out on loan and who's going to be part of his squad going forward. Uh, you know, Solskjaer won't be alone. A lot of them will be thinking the same thing. And you, and you can understand that from, from the club's point of view. It's their players. They want to make the best decision for, for them, which is fair enough. But that doesn't work for Newcastle in, in Willock's case, does it? Or, or anyone for that matter. They need, they need them in now. Also, we've, you know, we, we spoke when the fixtures came out about how they were relatively, could have, well, it could have been a certainly harder start of the season for Newcastle. So they're going to need their strongest team available to make sure they take advantage of that. It's certainly not an easy start, is it? You know, so some good teams there. Um, but this, this, if you're playing with what is effectively not your strongest team or what you hope is going to be your strongest team, then that could be some serious opportunities wasted as well. Um, I know it used to drive Rafa Benitez mad, didn't it? Was buying players after the start of the season. Uh, but if you're if you're the buying club, sometimes you, you, your hands are tied. Mm, it doesn't help with a takeover playing in the background. Of and Will Mike Ashley's playing. And then I've got the pandemic as well and the, the effect that's had on, on, had on a budget. Of course, there could be money in the coffer with people they, they sell, and we'll get on to them in just a moment. But people in the comments asking about Lazaro now, he was linked back to, with a move to Newcastle. Um, there was a story by everyone, Lee, right at the end of June, in which uh, he wrote that sources close to the player have indicated he is open to a possible comeback uh, to Newcastle United this summer. Today, Benfica have been linked with a move um, for him. He was one of those which I think many Newcastle fans were frustrated with. We, we saw a little bit glimpses. We saw the very worst of him in that defeat to mm. Arsenal when he had an absolute nightmare, and then we saw the best of him against Bournemouth when he when he scored and he, you know, he was he was he was very very good. I thought in, in that game, yeah. um, it would be interesting. I think you know you, if you if you came back, fans would give him a chance. But is he someone who can really set Newcastle season alight? Would he get into the starting? 11 for a start? I'm not too sure about that. You, you would, uh, no, no, it wouldn't be my starting 11 based on the, the current squad. Um, so that perhaps says something, doesn't it, really? I think I think he didn't get a fair crap of the, crack of the whip last time. <laughs> um, but there was probably, you got to think, well, was there not a reason for that? Um, he must have been not quite doing something in training or whatever, but he showed glimpses in when he played. It was nothing more than that, really. I think the, I think the deal would have to be really right for Newcastle to do that. Um, it wasn't one which, you know, he, he got an eye for goal. He scored, scored a couple of decent goals and he certainly got a good engine on him. But for me, he'd be a addition as a squad player. And and with the money we, we believe Newcastle have, you, you're looking for players who are going to add quality to the first team, really, at, at where we are at the minute. Um, it depends on the deal, I guess. 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's a few people asking, and um, we mentioned possible outgoings. I mean, this is one that I would not want to see, and we don't believe Newcastle are looking to do is Isaac Hayden. He's been linked yeah. to Watford, he's been linked to Southampton. But for me, he just does that dirty work that doesn't get the credit. And he is, for me, a really crucial player to Newcastle. He's now settled, he's got a great attitude. He's, I mean, the work he does in the community is absolutely superb. We don't always hear about it. You know, he doesn't shout it from the rooftops, but. You know, you don't have to go very far on social media to see what he's done in the last two weeks with regarding charitable work, and he's always there at the food bank helping out. Um, I think he understands what it means to play for Newcastle United. Yeah. And to turn it around from what happened when he got sent off against Cardiff, and we all thought, you know, that's it. You know, that's it. Yeah. I wonder if Benitez, to turn it around now, and for me, I think he is a major part of that Newcastle United side. And I think if fit, he'd be one of the first names on the start 11. Doesn't do the flashy stuff, but I think... To sell them would be a huge mistake. And like we said, we don't believe Newcastle are, are looking down that avenue, and which is, for me, the right decision. Yeah, 100%. I think he's, he's a very intelligent footballer. I think he's a very intelligent man. Just listening to him talk about football, I think he's he's someone who is who's, who really knows understands the game. I think, without wanting to, to take things too far, I think we saw in the Euros the importance of having players who can control the midfield. Uh, and I think Hayden's one of those players. Obviously, there, there are some in the Premier League who are, well, much better, clearly. Um, but Hayden is a very intelligent midfielder. I think he needs some help in there. I think if, if they had Hayden and, and one other in the in the centre of the park, like a lot of Premier League teams do now, they don't look to attack. They just try and look to control the possession in the middle of the park. Um, then that allows St. Maximum Almiron, who, who personally I think is, is wasted in that deeper midfield role, he works, you know, he gets through a lot of work. He's he, he more than happy to put the tackles in. It's far better having our mirror on facing the other way and, and going forward with the ball. Um, so it's a maximum you let Wilson, you know, Wilson gets through loads of work, doesn't he? But if he's just able to slightly step away from that because there are two central midfielders who can who can do that job, it allows your fullbacks to get forward a lot more. Um, and I think Hayden definitely is one of those who, who can do that no problem at all. Um, so as I say, that the, the words um, and, and Lee, Lee said this yesterday. There's Newcastle have not. I have no intention of getting rid of him, which is which is great to hear um, because he offers so much for Newcastle. Not necessarily what he does, but what he allows other players to do as well. Yeah, most certainly. And one man who may be leaving um, is Freddie Woodman. Now Leeds getting reported by uh, Lee Ryder put a cash bid down from earlier this month. Uh, he, he appears to have left the, the the York training base where the club are at the moment. He posted on Instagram yesterday uh, a picture of, of him, what we believe to be him, outside of a coffee shop in Croydon. So that's interesting. We would have expected him to play some part in the two fixtures, of course, playing simultaneously this weekend. So yeah. with Bravka still recovering from the Euros, he would have played some part and had a chance to, to show Steve Bruce exactly why he deserved to be number one. There are a few people, I think, who think he deserves a chance now. Two years at Swansea, you know, I think he's performed really well there. He's got the accolades that he, that he deserves for the performances. And he will be wanting first-team football, and you can understand that. He's 24 now. He's not a young lad, and he really does need to be getting that first-team football and, and getting into the England fold, uh, especially for the, for, the, for the World Cup if he gets a run of games. Um, would you would you sell him on, or would you try and persuade him to stop and, and be number two? I mean, with Carl Doro there, he might not even be number two. Exactly, it's it's a really difficult job keeping the goalkeepers happy, isn't it? Especially when you've got so many of, of decent quality like Newcastle have. For me, Dubravka is and should be the number one. Obviously, he's the number one, um, and I don't see that changing in the near future. 
So for Woodman, that's I can completely understand. He, he he's not he's not going to be. He might be on the bench at Newcastle, but you know that there's Dallas. So so one of them is going to have to to move on. Another loan for Woodman. I mean, it would make sense for Newcastle, but 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 really, they might just get to the time where it's the right thing to do to allow him to move on. They had this decision, I guess, with Fraser Foster and Tim Crow back in a few years ago, quite a few years ago now. And they, they got stick for letting Fraser Foster go because obviously went on to, to do El Salatman and got in the England squad. Um, but ultimately, sometimes you've just got to do the right thing for, for players. It, would it be right just to let them sit on the bench? You know, they're not developing their careers at all, um, sitting on not even sitting on the bench at Newcastle. Sometimes you just got to just let them get if, if there's a, a, a bid comes in which is acceptable, and it would have to be a good bid as well, I think. And for someone who I think will go on and have a very good career, there's no question about that. Sometimes it's just the right thing to do. If, if Darlow is, and I'm sure Darlow's not happy to sit on the bench, but if he's willing to be the number two and take his opportunities, if and when they come along, then then Newcastle haven't got a bad setup with with Mark Gillespie and, and the young players able to to step in if if you know there was an emergency. Well, it was interesting. I spoke to our colleague in at, down at Leeds this morning about the interest in Woodman because. Casilla left because he didn't want to be number two, uh, and their goalkeeper, the, the, the young lad in goal, um, his name completely escapes from mine now, but he has performed really well. So he is their kind of undisputed number one. So Woodman would come in and, and, and probably be their number two. So it wouldn't be as if he's going to Leeds and getting first team exactly. football with a clear route. So that would be an interesting move and probably not one I can see him doing. I think he would want to go to somewhere where he gets first team football. Yeah, yeah, I would I wouldn't want him to see him go and sit on the bench somewhere else. Yeah. Um I can understand he's possibly one step closer to the first team somewhere else, but um yeah that that would be sure. But you know the, the lads you, you can understand the lad wanting to play first team football. It's, he's had two years of it and done and done very well as well, hasn't he? So you can't you can't argue with that. So it's a diff, it's a difficult one. I'm not sure there's too many right decisions to that because no one would want I, I think don't suspect many fans would want to see Dubravka not as Newcastle number one next season. It's a it's a task, another task. You just really wouldn't want to be the man making decisions there, but that's what they paid the money for. Just looking at some of the players you that are back at in pre-season for Newcastle, you've got the likes of Muto and Lejeune. They are back from their loan spells. What would you do there? You know, Lejeune is probably the one where many people consider him to be Newcastle's best defender, but it's whether he's recovered fully or well enough from that knee surgery. So he might be fit. You know, he played a lot of games last year in La Liga, but it's a different kind of pace over in the Premier League. And he, I think that's probably one of the decisions that one of the factors Steve Bruce will be considering is and his, his, his staff is whether he's up to the, to, to, he's got what it takes now to play in the Premier League because of the injuries he's had previously. Yeah, we, we, we know he's, he's got what it takes because he's done it before. But as, as you say, it's what, what those two serious injuries have had. I, I think everyone felt, 18 months ago now, wasn't it? Christmas 2019 into the new year 2020 when he, when he was had to play all those games in such a short space of time. Coming back from that second injury, uh, he really fell from because you could see him struggling on the pitch and then, then that led to mistakes, that Leicester game. Uh, certainly that way at Old Trafford when he was he just looked a shadow of the player. And you think, well, that's it's not... You don't want to blame the player too much. It's just the circumstances. They came back and didn't have a great pre-season last year by all accounts. Obviously, most games were behind closed doors. However, he seems to have got his mojo back a little bit in Spain. Um, yeah, I, I certainly think he's, a, he's an excellent defender and someone I would like to see back in the Newcastle first team. Um, is, is he is he going to do enough to convince Bruce? I, I think he should be given a chance this year. Um, I don't see why not. I think I don't think they're going to get a huge amount of money selling him on. So 
we'd, I think we might as well just keep him. We would have to replace him in the squad anyhow. So I think it, would, it wouldn't make much sense to me to, to sell him. And Muto is the other one. He's back. He's he's improved his English. He was getting that was one of the things that I think uh, Rafa Benitez was certainly disappointed with. He mm. couldn't seem to understand the instructions on the pitch. And we saw before he went out on loan the last time out, Richie was certainly spending a lot of time on the pitch just trying to instruct them. And I don't think Muto was quite following. But we've seen a few interviews. Um, he was asked about the Euro final, and um, you know his English has seemingly improved. So hopefully yeah. that that can help him. You know, it's it's one of these where in a perfect world you would sell him on and bring someone in of better quality, but then you have to be realistic. And I know this is not what fans are going to want to hear. It's not what we want to be writing or saying. But I think when you consider the budget, you consider the, the economic climate that clubs are operating in, you know, are Newcastle going to have money to, to bring in Sergio Willick, bring in um, and maybe the centre-back Steve Bruce Barnes, bring in another, whatever. And at the same time, bring in a striker um, of good quality, or do you just say, "Well, okay, let him make up the squad"? You know, he, he's not a bad player. Okay, he's not going to set the world alight. But do you just take the hit for this for this season, maybe, or till January and keep him in the squad? And is another option? It, it could be. I think. I, th- I think where we were talking about Lejeune and said he he has shown on the Premier League stage that he's good enough. Not much recently, obviously not last year, of course, because he wasn't there. But you know, when he first came to the club. I'm not sure we've ever really seen that from Muto to, to suggest that there's a Premier League player in there. As you say, he's you know he's got a good touch, he's, his work rate's fine, um, and it's not as if he he's, he misses chances or anything. It's just they just don't happen for him, which is which is a worry. I think you know most strikers will say they don't mind missing chances because they know another one's going to come along. But I don't really remember him in many situations where he's missed a chance because he's he's never really had many situations to score. Um, you're right. They're not going to get a fortune from. They're not going to get what they paid from. Certainly. So, is it worth? If it was to, if if it was to help them get another deal over the line, then they'd sell them in a heartbeat. I think. Um, again, it's that it's that balance, isn't it? Of whereas Newcastle are waiting for other clubs to make decisions on the likes of Willick. Newcastle will then have to make see what squad they've got before they then move someone like Muto on because they wouldn't want to be in a situation where they Wilson gets an injury, Dwight Gale's got an injury. Carroll hasn't signed and Muto has been moved on and they've got no strikers all of a sudden. Um, it's, it's just one of those balances of the summer transfer window, I guess. For me, for in a, re, in a really realistic ideal world, which doesn't exist, in an ideal world, I should say that um, you should. I would move him on. He's, he's not going to be. He's not going to be Premier League quality for Newcastle. Therefore, he shouldn't be in the squad. But that's not really how things work, is it? No, and, and don't at me with that comment. I mean, I understand it's not what. Newcastle like no, I'm just trying to be realistic with what we understand the budget wise and, and obviously just dealing with the economic plan and the table playing in the background, the never ending saga. We'll end on some positive news though, Stu. I mean Jacob Murphy signing a new deal. I think that's one everyone could agree with. Federico Fernandez signing a new deal again, okay, he's 32, but again, I think that's one everyone really wanted to see. Paul Dummett as well, Fabian Share. Great to see uh, Dwight Gale, obviously, as well as another one. But I think especially them first two and Paul Dummett as well, you know, is they're the three deals I think people really wanted to see. Is Jacob Murphy, in my opinion, earned it. You know, and listening to him speaking, he did a wonderful interview via the club, via Dan King. It was absolutely, uh, it was just a really nice interview. And for a football fan, for a Newcastle United fan, first and foremost, when you watch it, um, which I recommend you do if you already haven't done, it kind of pulled on the heartstrings a little bit. I know yeah. people say it's easy to do that. You're a footballer. That's what, you know, you kind of, you play it to the fans. You want to tell them what, but I, I think he's been 
genuine and sincere. Oh, um, you know, he's a Newcastle United fan at heart, and it was just wonderful to. He understands what what we you know what it takes to play for this club and how privileged he is. Hundred percent, and Murphy's someone who who has proved me wrong. To be honest with you, I wasn't I wasn't convinced about him at all. Um, didn't really see you saw flashes of what you could do. He used to used to occasionally beat his man and put a great cross in, but you want to see him do that all the time. I think obviously he's had a slightly adapted role in playing that that wing back position. But he's he's coming and done excellently, and he, he's worked hard. He's shown some decent intelligence on the pitch from time to time, which I think is is a credit to him. Um, and as you say, enthusiasm. I think we'd all be enthusiastic if we were Premier League footballers, wouldn't we? But you can see it's it's a hundred percent genuine, um, and it's just it's just good to see him develop. Um, and I think he's got a big role to play for Newcastle. Really do. Um, and I think you're right about the other two as well. Decent, solid players. What we need. That works. It, it, it was a no-brainer, essentially, wasn't it? And we'll finish with a question here from Stephen Hollis, who asks, do you think Newcastle will stay if we don't get players like Willick and instead low-key signs? I mean, it is a it is a lottery, but I do think getting someone in Willick or equivalent to Willick, someone who can help Wilson get the goals and um, you know, share that burden is absolutely key. And it goes back to what I said at the start. I don't think Newcastle can afford to wait too long because then you're playing a, you're paying a premium, you're gambling that someone's actually available. You're then probably going to bring in someone of lower quality who who has to then fit in. And Willick's already done that. He's already through that stage. He's already stood stood on the table and sang his song in front of his teammates. You know, it's about you know he's already settled in, so he's done the hard hard part of that. And I think you know yeah. Willick is the one the, the club want, the one Bruce wants. But it's whether everything fits into place. Um, do I think they can stay up? I think they need to add three or four good players to the, to the side. But again, we we'll wait and see, you know, come the end of the window, whether they've done that. I, I, look, they, they finished the season really strongly last season, didn't they? And um, we, we hope they can do that again and they can start in the same fashion. But you just never know with Newcastle United. And I do think it'll probably be another mid-table finish. Um, hopefully it's not as um, as bad as it was at the turn of the year. Um, last season, and fingers crossed, it can be a bit more comfortable. I know that's not again what we all want as Newcastle, but it's it's unfortunately the realism of Mike Ashley and Newcastle United. Certainly, I, the first team, the strongest first team, is is good enough to stay up. But it, it, it's it's exactly what you said. There's can they stay up? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because you know they finished twelfth last season, despite having having some dreadful runs of form, they still finished twelfth. Um, but is that is it? Can they still be finishing seventeenth as well? Which is it's just not good enough at all, is it? Um, so yeah, you'd back them too. I, I, I'm not. Don't think the sides coming up are going to be particularly strong. You, you never know. You never know. It's a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, but I think they certainly. You're hundred percent. They need they need to add at least three or four quality players to the first team in order to to sort of think. Just should hopefully dismiss some relegation worries and just ensure that they don't really go on those runs, which which see them plummet down the table. We know they're not going to be challenging at you know the top six. That's that's fine, you know, on the budget that they've got. It's not fine at all, is it? It's understandable on the budget that they've got. But what they should be doing is not going into matches where you think, well, there's absolutely no hope today. Um, and back, you know, back in the last season, I know Man City when they played Man City, they City had other things on their mind, but they still they gave Man City a game. And all right, they lost. Fine. I, I think most Newcastle fans would be realistic to know that as long as you go out and go toe to toe with teams. Give them a good match. You're not going to go gung ho against Man City, guys. You are going to get destroyed. Most any team who does that, apart from the very rare occasion. 
But they get the game, they defended well, they attacked when they could have attacked, and they got a good game. And on another day, they could have got a point or a win out of that. But you know, Man City just were a little bit too good on the day, but that's fine. Um, and that's but you need a couple of quality players in your team to be able to do that, otherwise, it's just going to be defense backs to the walls. And, and we they showed all last season that that doesn't work. You might scrape the odd point, but it doesn't work at all. So, hopefully. They can do a bit more than survive, but I think the current team is is capable of surviving, but not too much more. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately not. But fingers crossed, we're wrong, and we we, we get some signings as well in the next the next month. Well, it's, or so. it's not as I just said at the start. It's not as if Newcastle are the only team that have done any transfers. I know Villa were a little bit busier at the start of the, the window, but that, that's that's it essentially, really, isn't it? So it's not as if anyone else is stealing a march on Newcastle. Yeah, I so. think I think once the ball starts rolling, you know, we'll we'll, we'll it'll be like a domino effect once yeah. it's over. You can head over to chroniclelive.co.uk and of course we'll bring you every development in the transfer window and the takeover saga as well if and when that uh, drops. Yeah, head over to Chronicle Live and please remember to like and subscribe through whichever platform you're currently watching or listening. Thanks for joining us.